The predictions that we hear in the readings today can be a little disturbing. The one that I found the most disturbing was this. St. Paul says, One must imitate us, for we did not eat food received free from anyone. If he's serious about that, I'm in trouble, because free food is the only type of food that I eat. And so my conscience has been in a turbulent all morning long, but it didn't stop me from taking free egg bake after fellowship, after the nine o'clock mass. <laughs> but that's not the only disturbing thing we hear about in the gospel today. And in fact, Jesus has a strange promise for us today that I don't think we normally think of as Christians. When we list all the things that Jesus promises us, I don't think we normally think about what he promises this morning. Jesus promises persecution. Jesus promises suffering. I'm always amazed that despite Jesus' popularity, despite the fact that Jesus has tons of crowds constantly hanging on his every word, which he does this morning in the gospel as well, this time in front of the temple, and he's speaking about the end of the world. He still has crowds around him hanging on every word he says. Despite all of that, Jesus has no people-pleasing streak in him at all. He has no people-pleasing streak in him at all. To those disciples that are gathered around him listening to him, he makes this promise. Jesus promises persecution. He promises suffering. He says to them, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors, all because of my name. In a kind of twisted, odd way, actually, I find the fact that Jesus is very forward and very clear about the reality of suffering and of persecution, I find that fact oddly comforting. It says to me that we aren't dealing with Peter Popoff trying to sell me miracle water. If you've seen that infomercial, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This isn't Peter Popoff. This isn't some kind of scam artist at work. This, is a, this isn't a guy willing to say anything just to get me to follow him. This guy is about the truth. Everyone experiences difficulties in life. Everyone experiences the cross. If Jesus came walking in with a bill of goods saying otherwise, that there is no cross, that there is no suffering, he wouldn't be very trustworthy. But this guy is about truth. He himself has confidence in truth, and so he's trustworthy, and that's actually very comforting. One of the key truths at work in the gospel today about suffering is that God actually makes himself known in the midst of suffering. Suffering serves God, and he uses it so that we can know him and pass through suffering to life. The way that Jesus is speaking today about earthquakes and about the temple being destroyed, signs in the sky, the end of the world, the persecution of his disciples, the way that he's speaking about all that, this type of literature in the Bible is called apocalyptic. The apocalypse, that's what he's talking about. Normally when we hear that word, we just think about destruction, the end of the world, something similar to Armageddon, 
like the Bruce Willis movie about a meteor hurtling towards the earth, threatening to destroy it. And that seems to be something like what Jesus is speaking about today. However, the word apocalypse, the word apocalypse actually literally means revelation. If you know the last book of the Bible, it's called the Revelation of John, or sometimes called also Apocalypse, the Apocalypse of John. This is why. It's the same word. Apocalypse means revelation. That suggests that there's something a little, di little bit different going on than just destruction for destruction's sake when Jesus speaks. It's something a little bit different than just the end of all things. There's a bigger purpose afoot. And the bigger purpose to all these events is that God wants to reveal himself to the entire world in a definitive way. At the second coming, at the end of the world, it will not be a secret who God is. It will be obvious. It will not be possible to make a mistake about God or the Trinity or who the Son of God is or what his mission is. It will be clear it will be obvious. At the apocalypse, God will reveal definitively. He'll make himself known. As St. Cyril puts it, for the only begotten Son of God, when he came to save the world, wished to be in secret. So that's the first coming of Jesus. St. Cyril says when he came the first time, there was a sort of secret about it. That he might bear the cross for us. Why was it a secret? So that he could suffer for us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? But his second coming, that's the type of thing we talk about this time of year in the church, but at his second coming, it shall not be in secret, but it will be in the open. He, he shall descend in the glory of God the Father with the angels attending him to judge the world in righteousness. If we follow this reasoning, everyone, we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus' followers will go through some suffering before that we come to know him in a definitive, final way, and before we live with him forever in heaven, before God is known finally, and before we have final union, definitive God, when there is no suffering, we first pass through a little suffering. We shouldn't be surprised by that. Didn't God first make himself known to humanity and to us through his suffering on the cross? Isn't that how God chose to reveal himself, by dying for us? That's, in fact, how Christians came to know what divine love is. The cross is how we came to know what divine love is and what divine love looks like. That's how we came to know who God is. He's the type of God that loves unto death. He's the type of God that comes to die with us and for us to deliver us from death. The Son of God himself suffered on the cross for us. That's how he revealed himself to us. That's how we know him. Why would it be different at the end of the world when God wants to make himself known in a definitive, final way? Why wouldn't the world pass through some suffering and through passing through suffering enter into life with God forever where there is no more suffering? enter into union with God forever when there is no more suffering. Everyone, Jesus is honest today about suffering, 
But that only means that we can actually trust him more when he speaks about it. He's not a scam artist. Because he is trustworthy, we can also trust him when he says, you don't suffer alone. You don't battle alone. Jesus also says that in the gospel today. I suffer with you. I battle. I fight with you. And we can trust him when he says, by your perseverance, you will save your lives. By passing through suffering, you'll enter into life. Suffering undertaken with faith is redemptive. Suffering undertaken with faith is redemptive. The suffering isn't meaningless anymore. The suffering isn't purposeless anymore. It's the way to life. It's the way to heaven.